Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. England versus India. The Cricket Badger Test Match Daily Podcast. Can Joe Root's England dominate on home soil? Five mouth-watering test matches. Can Virat Kohli's India conquer the final frontier? Loving to talk test cricket every day. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's the first of the proper England against India test match dailies on the Cricket Badger podcast. I am James Butler, the Cricket Badger, and joined today by Raja Dav and Naman Shah, two of our Indian supporters. And uh, he always classes himself as a neutral. It's Nakul Pandey. Let's start off with the positives as far as England are concerned. They found the ground, they won the toss, and Joe Root scored 64. Let's move on to the positives as far as uh, India are concerned. Let's start with Naman. That was a really good bowling performance from the Indian seamers today, Naman. I thought Mohamed Shami was on the button right from the start. He deserved his three wickets today. Jasprit Bumrah, we all know what he can do. And they were ably supported by Sharul Takur and uh, Mohamed Siraj. It was a good all-round bowling effort. Overall, a perfect day for India. Good toss to lose and uh, Kohli continuing his uh, losing the toss uh, streak is pretty bad and uh, not a bad day to lose the toss and uh, the bowler supporting as well. Very much happy. Uh, great start to the series and uh, first day couldn't have asked much better performance. I was much impressed with the support bowlers, especially with Siraj and Shardul. Uh, yes, uh, Bumrah and Shami, everything is expected from them, but these two uh, guys supported them well and uh, good series. A good start for the, these two bowlers as well. A lot is expected from them too. So overall, a perfect day for India. And Raj, same subject for you really. A very good performance from Virat Kohli and his boys today. Didn't really put a foot wrong, did they? Absolutely not. And after losing the toss, which Naman said that, you know, Kohli has a streak of losing tosses now. I think he became the first Indian captain to lose the most number of tosses. 35 tosses he beat MS Dhoni's record today. So that was not a good sign when we started off the day, but overall a spirited performance by all the bowlers and especially the support bowlers like Shardul Thakur and Mohamed Siraj. Uh, Mohamed Siraj was a bit off colour, but, uh, you know, since he's playing his first test in England, you know, you should give him that. He will just get better on from you. Overall, it was a very good performance. Knuckle, Virat Kohli might not be a lucky tosser, but he's got a good side around him, hasn't he? And um, if you're going to start off in a series, five-match series, and you're going to lay down a marker early on, after obviously winning 3-1 on home soil over the winter, that was as good as it gets, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it doesn't really get much better after after losing the toss. Uh, interestingly, both sides said that they wanted to bat first uh, after after winning the toss on a you know a pitch that is you know has a decent amount of carry and is a little bit hard and 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 all of these things. And maybe this with the weather around, who knows, this might be the the better batting conditions that we that we have for the next few days. But 
India's, all of India's seamers. Siraj, I don't think, was at his best today. He bowled very well to Zach Crawley and I think set him up really well with the with the ball that came back into him. But all, all of the other seamers bowled extremely well. And even Jadeja was threatening in the in the three overs that he that he bowled. Boomer was back to his best, um, much more uh, threatening and getting the ball to move much more and uh, more consistently than he did in the World Test Championship final. Uh, Shami has been bowling like this for a while, uh, to be honest. He bowled extremely well in the World Test Championship final sometimes without luck. And you kind of thought in the first session, it was going to be a little bit of a similar story. I, I thought that knuckle because he walked away after his first bowling stint and he was looking to the skies as if to say, what do I have to do to take a wicket today? But he then got his just rewards later on, didn't he? Yeah, you, you, many people have seen the the, uh, the Crickviz articles that he, it's the biggest gap between expected average and actual average in uh, in a series that they've ever recorded. Um, created 10 chances and only five of them were caught and kept beating the edge. More false shots that didn't take wickets than any other bowler in the series. But uh, he he bowled very well again after lunch and got those two uh, and got those two wickets in 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 quick succession. Sorry, either side uh, one one start of the session one one after uh, one just before the session. It was that and is that wicket that you know in retrospect uh, as it were started the collapse. The, England were going all right actually up until up until just before tea until the uh, until that wicket and then of of Johnny Bairstow and then it all subsided extremely quickly from there. Uh, and this is even more impressive. Without I'm sure we'll come on to selection, but. Ishan Sharma certainly would have been in this team um, had he not picked up a as a yet unconfirmed uh, as to its nature injury. Naman, obviously, after doing the the job on England's batting, 183 all out, England's below par total, I think, on that surface. Obviously, that remains to be seen to a degree. But India needed to come out and just try and avoid falling prey to Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, and Co. with a new ball and. Fairly comfortable, really, wasn't it? The progress to close, no wickets down, can start again tomorrow. Yes, in fact, more than Rohit, I felt uh, Rahul was showing much intent and he was looking more confident. Uh, more than Rohit, uh, to quite a, it was a surprise to me, but uh, he is uh, looking to stay over there because he's competing with a lot of openers over there. So overall, I felt they played really well, uh, especially broad. I was I, I thought that he was looking more brutal than all the uh, fast bowlers. Uh, Robinson was getting a bit more bounce, but no swing at all. And I feel Anderson has reduced the pace a bit. He's mid, into mid-130s, which is allowing the batsman more time to judge his swing and he was bowling a bit short and not on the puller length where he is more brutal so overall I felt not losing wicket is uh, the perfect thing uh, for today uh, I felt uh, the, those uh, overs how the batsman played was uh, really well and uh, yes they summed up really well the bowling performance and uh, quite happy overall with Rahul more than Rohit quite happy Naman's face suggests he's more than quite happy um, Raj Obviously, plan A to get through unscathed by the close of play. But it, it seemed that England got less with that new ball and with the ball in that stint than India seemed to get throughout the whole of England's innings. In, it, the Indian bowlers seemed to be able to move that ball at will all the way through England's 183. Whereas Jimmy Anderson, who's supposed to be an exponent of that art, didn't really seem to be able to get any swing at all there. I mean, I know balls can come out the same box and they react differently, but it seems that if that is the case, England have got the worst of that deal. I think a combination of two factors. One is that momentum was with India after the horrible collapse that England had. I think they lost six uh, wickets for 22 runs when Johnny Bairstow got out. So momentum was definitely with India. And also during the latter part of the, the last 13 overs that India batted, there was a fair amount of sunshine as well. So maybe that might have helped India a little bit. And tomorrow, you know, the forecast is that, you know, you have overcast conditions throughout the day. So you will see Jimmy Anderson swinging the ball as he regularly does. Were you surprised, Raj, with India's team selection today? I, I was anticipating seeing Ashwin 
playing today. I thought just purely from the um, perspective that in the winter, I know different conditions, that he was the Achilles heel really for, for England. He bowled beautifully in the winter. And I think at that England dressing room, seeing Ashwin's name not on that team sheet would have been happier as a result of that. I think everybody would have been surprised with Ashwin's exclusion from the squad. Even I was surprised, no denying there. But uh, if you ask me if I was happy with the squad selection which India got today, I think I would say I was. It was a brave call that uh, Virat Kohli and his men made of dropping Ashwin. But I think it was the right choice because India wanted that bit of stability with both bat and ball. Uh, Shardul Thakur, you know, provides that extra fourth seamer option, which, you know, uh, which went well for India because he picked up those two crucial wickets, especially that wicket of Root. And Jadeja provides that batting uh, balance, which uh, otherwise maybe Ashwin might not provide. And with uh, the all-round ability that Jadeja has, probably he got that not ahead of Ashwin. Also, because, you know, interestingly, uh, the top seven of England has only one left-hander, which, uh, you know, Ashwin is so good and potent against these left-handers. So maybe, you know, Jadeja's inclusion in the 11 made more sense than Ashwin. But perhaps, uh, you know, there might be a lot of debates around it. Things, you know, when it, when it start turning, maybe in day three and day four, then you would feel that maybe, you know, Ashwin was the right choice. So only time will tell. But so far, I think India got the selection right, even though I would admit that I was surprised. That left-hander you, you talk about as well only lasted five balls, didn't he? So he wasn't around too long either. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now, Danimus set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. Uh, moving on to England, Knuckle, and their team selection today. I know both yourself and myself really wanted to see Hasib Hamid get a go in that top three. Um, I would have played him instead of Crawley. I thought Crawley was always, even though he got to 27 today, I always felt he looked like he could get out at any stage. And I think Hasib Hamid, after obviously scoring runs in the championship and actually getting a lot of red ball cricket this season, might have been a better choice, Knuckle. I'm not sure I agree with that with Crawley. I think he looked a lot more solid and fluent than he has done um, at any point since that Pakistan series la- last year. I thought he was moving into the ball nicely. He was playing very crisply off front foot and, uh, and and back foot. And it really was only that that spell just before he got out that I thought he was looking in, in any kind of trouble. I think the signs were were there that, that Crawley was starting to look a little bit more competent. I did have, you know, Hamid in my 11 at, at three. I wasn't necessarily expecting that to be the case, but I was wondering if England would go with a very solid and front a top three built on crease occupation much more to protect the middle order that was already a little bit wobbly before Ben Stokes pulled out um, for his mental health break and even more so uh, after. What they did instead was that they played an extra batter uh, with, with Dan Lawrence uh, coming in, which, as it turns out, meant that they couldn't play a specialist spinner. And that's the that's the omission that I'm more concerned about. Uh, I, I, I predicted the 11, apart from Hasib Hamid and Crawley's, I had Hasib in instead of 
instead of Zach. But I thought that England would go the way they did knuckle because Ben Stokes is such a pivotal part of that batting lineup and provides that balance to the side. I felt England would be a little bit cautious and they'd play both Ollie Robinson and Sam Curran to try and get two effectively all-rounders to cover for the Ben Stokes loss. And Jack Leach would be the, the full guy for that, which is unfortunate for Jack Leach because he just doesn't seem to get a break in home test, does he? No, and he's never done anything to let England down home or away and has a fantastic record against the player, against Pujara in India, where, where Pujara is so dominant and against left arm spin against whom he's so dominant and has, and has troubled uh, other Indian top order batters as well. And I think would be extremely unfortunate. I think that both teams made conservative selections where they sacrificed their sacrificed bowling strength to get extra batting depth. You know, we we don't know about Ishan Sharma. Probably would have would have played, and it might may well it might well have been those Siraj who didn't play if Ishant were fit, because it does seem like that they wanted to play Shadur Thakur uh, as as the extra batter um, and went with Jadeja because of his all-round ability, because the gap between his batting and Ashwin's batting, even with Ashwin having found some form recently, is bigger than the gap between their bowling. It's a bit like a, a bit of a first test of five kind of pick today, wasn't it? They, they, you don't want to lose the first test much, but you, you you could still might win it with a slightly more conservative selection. Maybe, although, you know, at least with a five test series, you've got more time to come back. It felt like a first test of three or two yeah. uh, selection, really. I think it, both teams were being... Uh, were covering weaknesses to compromise strength, which I'm not usually a fan of, and this is not the team I would have picked uh, based on the available evidence. But, you know, once having picked the players, they've got to perform, and there's no doubt Shadow Taku did. He was an excellent foil to, to Boomer and Shami today. He, he's so accurate, isn't he? he? He doesn't give you any runs, and he provides that wicket-taking threat at times. He can. He's got a reputation as a bowler who might not give you that much control, but will make things happen. But that's not how he bowled today. No. He he wasn't searching for the big outswinger every single ball as he has done in his domestic career and indeed in his white ball international career. He was just on the line and length all the time, bowling as that holding bowler. He adapted to his role really well, got the ball to to swing. And, you know, the, some of that golden arm came through in those two wickets in and over. Really, even, so even though India didn't get the best out of Mohammed Siraj, they, were, they had enough to... Uh, to expose those frailties and those, those that lack of uh, confidence in their own game that many of the England uh, middle order uh, have. And once things started to go wrong, they just kept on going wrong. My name is Jacob and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger. We've done the positives for England, which didn't last very long. We've done the positives for India, which uh, we could do a lot more on. And the negatives for India, I don't think are too many. So we'll kind of skirt past that as well. But I think if we look at England, that top three, it's always been the frailty. It's always been the problem um, for us. I mean, even when Alistair Cook was still in that side, the top order wasn't necessarily cement strong. They've always been looking for a number three um, since Jonathan Trott. They've been looking for a partner for Alistair Cook. And at the moment, they're potentially looking for all three because Rory Burns out for naught, although he got runs against New Zealand. Dom Sibley took an age to get the runs that he got, which is fine if you carry on in that regards. But then he got out to a rather loose shot, I felt, to short mid-wicket. And Zach Crawley, myself and Knuckle might disagree, maybe on the nature of his 27, but you don't win test matches with 27 from number three. So the top order has all got big question marks against them. Naman, if you were in charge of England, let's let's kind of reverse this a little bit. I don't want you to be in charge of India because you'd keep that top three. What would you do to England's top three? 
as uh, you have correctly mentioned i would definitely i would have gone with asib hamid over there and i felt yes crawley scored around about 30 runs over there but uh, there were plenty of times where shami has beaten him and every delivery was bowling to him it was a uh, caught behind and somewhere somehow he survived and uh, somewhere you have to put a line like how many games before they start dropping them because I feel Sibley and uh, Crawley now have had enough of experience and uh, they have had enough of chance and I feel uh, those 18 county teams I feel there's so much talent out there where plenty of guys and uh, this is the right chance before the Ashes series where the guys can get the home games and I'm sure there are plenty of talents out there along with Hamid, I feel this Sam Hain, Yen Cogbain, I remember a few names, uh, those are also heavy scorers in the uh, domestic cricket but overall 8 batsmen and scoring just uh, 180 and also I feel uh, Sam Curran is a proper batsman as well, they could have bowled one more seamer along with the, the 4 fast bowlers, I feel that was much needed if not Leach, uh, one of uh, Bairstow or maybe Dan Lawrence could have made a uh, way. But overall, I feel uh, with eight batsmen, what more you can uh, expect, like scoring just 180. Uh, yes, the ball was swinging, but uh, some, none of the batsmen apart from Root was showing some kind of application. I feel in Butler's and Bairstow innings, you clearly see the impact of too much of white ball cricket. So somewhere the balance need to be shown over there and more of a good county batsman needs to be brought in. That man was the worst I've seen Joss Butler play in all of the test cricket I've seen him play. I've been critical of Joss in the past. He has shown signs over the last year or so that he's kind of got his head around the test role a little bit more. But that 18 ball duck today, um, I, and I just saw Knuckle nodding there, but yeah, I felt Zach Crawley could have got out at any time of his 27. But of that 18 balls, Joss Butler looked like getting out pretty much all of them, didn't he, today? I thought that was a shocking innings. And then when he took the gloves as well, there seemed to be a bit of a knock-on as well because he, he dropped a couple of fairly easy takes too. It wasn't jo- vintage Joss Butler today by any means, Nama. Yes, with Bairstow, at least you see the intent that he wants to do good in uh, red ball cricket. But with Butler, you feel that he's some kind of he's getting into a zone where he's struggling to score and he's in two mindset whether to defend or just to leave the ball. And uh, to be honest, if you will see the video uh, just before the ball where Butler got out, Kohli predicted his wicket that he'll be out uh, in this uh, ball itself. So uh, it was 18 ball delivery and not not a single run and not a single good confident shot of his bat was showing much more how he was getting into a zone. So, overall, I feel with Sibley also, he's much of getting what Pujara is for India. Yes, he's defending well, but somehow he needs to start scoring as well because this then puts more pressure on the batsman coming, uh, following him. So, overall, the balance needs to be sorted out as quickly as possible. Yes, long series, but uh, you just cannot keep giving chances uh, like this. With Dom Sibley, I've got no objection to him going along at a fairly meagre strike rate. There's five days of a test match and you can you can bat slowly. But I don't think he really achieved too much today. It got very stodgy at times. And I think the way India bowled at him, they've kind of obviously looked at his game and he's very leg side. I know he's made a couple of technical changes, but that seemed to kind of almost cut off his leg side at times to a degree and didn't really open up the offside too much. And he then got out to a very poor shot on a ball that you'd expected have expected him to put away, really. Jury very much out on Dom Sibley. Rory Burns out very cheaply, but maybe has got a little bit more credit in the bank and has got a better record than the other two guys. And Zach Crawley averaging just over 10 um, since he got his big double century. That that top three has got more than something to prove. Nako, I'll come to you on that because I did a tweet earlier to say I'd actually change the whole 
three. I've maybe thought about it a little bit since and thought maybe Rory Burns deserves a little bit more patience. But I think I would now change Sibley and I would now change Zach Crawley. Would you be in agreement with that? I I, I said my piece about, about Hussey Vermeer. I don't know. Who are you replacing Dom Sibley with, just out of interest? You need somebody, obviously, that's got a little bit of, I wouldn't necessarily say the same strike rate, but somebody who has got perseverance. Um, I mean, I, I've seen a number of different, um, I mean, I'd, I guess you'd, I'd, I'd have Hasib Hamid opening with with Rory Burns. Hasib Hamid isn't necessarily a meteoric sure. striker of the ball. So then, you, so then you need a three. And then at number three, I think I would probably be torn between Tom Abel and David Milan. Sure. I, I mean, I I was surprised actually that David Milan wasn't in this wasn't in this squad. I can I can certainly see that. I, I think that I don't think Dom Sibley is the is the biggest problem facing this England uh, facing this England team. He him eating up that many deliveries should come good at, at some point. That it has come good in 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 his test career thus far. He has absorbed pressure for other players to score runs later. Now it looks bad, obviously, when uh, when those middle order players aren't able to to take advantage. But I think I've been saying the same thing about Dom Sibley for a while. He will help himself and his team a lot more by finding ways to score singles off good deliveries, just working the ball into a gap, not defending so many things straight to fielders. And that's not a major change of approach for no. Dom Sibley. It's a, it's and there's a, there's a, a lot to be adjustment. There's a lot to be said, Knuckle, as well, for a batsman who can be stodgy and can bat through the first 30 overs of an innings and see off the new ball and get the bowlers a bit more tired and do that hard work that then somebody like a Joe Root or a Johnny Bairstow or a Josh Butler can then bounce off the back of. There's a lot to be said for that. Well, or even himself later, but at the moment, he isn't putting as much pressure as some other batter facing as other batters, as for example, Pujara does, because he does score runs. Uh, he does have scoring opportunities. You're not as tired out and mentally tired bowling at Sibley, partly because you don't think you're going to get punished by the middle order, to be honest. I think that's the bigger problem than than Sibley per se. Dom Sibley's being picked to do exactly what he's been doing in his domestic career. Now, obviously, he's you do see players get more limited as they go up the, the ranks in, in general. I don't see an obvious outstanding candidate to replace Dom Sibley that uh, leads me to make that that change. Uh, to be honest, and I think there, you know, people say you know once you've got in, you should you should go on, but it hasn't been like that in England for for a number of years. As for Rory Burns, he got a good ball early. He was beautifully set up by Bournemouth. He, play, he played right across it though, didn't he? But but that's conditioned by the bowling. Four away from him, big out, not just angling across him, but out swinging away from him, and then the one that comes into him, which is the ball that Boomer doesn't but bowl. Like if you're him. if you're Rory Burns, though, Knuckle, I, I know exactly what you're saying. But if you're Rory Burns, you study the opening bowlers you're going to be facing, and you know Jasper Boomer's got that in his armory, and he does that regularly, so you should be ready for that. Some sometimes you know it's coming, and you can't do anything about it. You get good balls early; it happens, and you get out of line and out of alignment early. It was just a fifth ball duck for a for an opener against a good bowler bowling well. I don't think he's a, that's not something that says to me, drop him. Um, uh, and, and Rory Burns has been the best opener in England in, in county cricket for the last several years. Uh, you know, sometimes there isn't an obvious option. Sometimes just dropping a player or whatever doesn't doesn't help you very much. And he did score some runs against New Zealand. I think he'll score some runs at some point in this series, maybe in the second innings of this test match. I do think, though, that the the way that the middle order completely disintegrated when the, when, when the wicket started falling, I think that, they are not getting as much scrutiny as they might because partly because they're, you know, they're more attractive players and, and whatnot. Um, I agree with you. You know, I, I Josh Butler has been batting very well for England 
uh, sort of since the end of 29, sort of late to mid 2019, since the start of 2020, batted really well last summer, uh, batted well in Sri Lanka, batted well in the one test he played in, in India. But that was that was him at close to his worst in test cricket. Uh, never looked like he was going to score a run today. Um, he can only get better. Oh, you could drop him as well. But anyway, that's another that's another discussion entirely. Who knows wins? Put your money where your mates are. Download the app now from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Raj, looking at the weather forecast for the next four days in Nottingham, there is a lot of rain on the way. Um, I saw some weather warnings the other day suggesting that the Midlands was going to get a almost like um, an ap- apocalyptic kind of thunderstorm sometime towards the weekend. How disappointed would you be as an Indian supporter if all of the good work today resulted in a draw anyway and England wriggled off the hook because of the weather? Definitely disappointed because, you know, the kind of start that they have with this day one, definitely, you know, you would expect the batsmen to get at least a 100-run lead when they finish their first innings and a 100-run lead is extremely crucial for the chances to win this test. If they get anything around, say, 40-50 run lead, then, you know, England are right back in the game and, you know, India has to bat fourth and uh, chase a target for themselves. So it's going to be extremely challenging. So tomorrow, the first session is going to be extremely crucial where, you know, Rahul and uh, Rohit will have to continue, you know, what they did in the initial 13 overs. More than survival, you know, uh, in England, the more you survive, you know, you're bound to get a nick uh, because the kind of uh, relentless bowling that the English bowlers bowl, the channels that they bowl, you're bound to get a nick. So I would expect Rahul or Rohit, one of them to, you know, to bat a bit freely because right now they are some eight to nine runs odd out of some 40 deliveries. They would have to bat a little freely, show some intent because there's Pujara who's coming in at number three. And then, you know, you're left with uh, Kohli, Pant and Rahane to bat. So maybe a little more intent uh, tomorrow from the Indian batsmen and try to get that uh, 80 to 100 run lead, which would put them in a commanding position. Now, man, it might actually not take India too long to win this test match if if it's a low scoring affair. Um, As Raj says, if they get a 100 lead in the first innings uh, and then roll England again, um, second time around, although England do have a habit of batting better the second time around after a poor first innings. But looking at the forecast, there's a 50% chance of rain pretty much from about three o'clock on day two all the way through the remainder of this test match. That could really scupper India, couldn't it, after such a good start in this test? Very much. And I'm sure everyone will be disappointed. But uh, knowing Kohli and uh, company, I feel that uh, they would be much thinking about what is controllable right now. And it is all about batting nice, batting once, and uh, not think too much about the weather. And uh, just think about scoring 300, 350, as Raj correctly mentioned, that 100, 150 lead from your irrespective of what weather does later on is not in our hands. But at least be in a safer position, maybe somewhere two sessions on the last day, India could get a chance to make a match out of it. So, uh, it's just thinking about batting well right now. They have done a brilliant job by restricting England in under 190. So, now it's up to the batters and uh, maybe 300-350 could give a chance uh, right away to India. Maybe two, three sessions are enough even if it rains a lot. Naman, before I let you go today because we're coming towards the end of this podcast today, um, it's nice to see you again and to Raj as well. I haven't seen either of you for a while now but... uh, um, how's things over there in India? Because the last time we spoke was uh, IPL time when COVID was ravaging through the country and the IPL was being suspended. Is is things are, are things looking up there now? Things are looking much uh, good right now. Uh, not that many cases uh, which 
were there during IPL time, but it's much more control in control. And yes, the people are going for vaccinations and at least one dose is completed for each and everyone. Only the crucial moment starts from here because it's festive season for India from August till November onwards. So people gathering and now mass gathering also is possible. So these two, three months are very much crucial. But all right now, the situation is much more nicer when what compared to the IPL time. So hopefully it does not get worse from here and hopefully we do not face the third wave. Well, wish you all the best with that as well. And everybody out there in India listening to this, then hopefully everybody stays safe and continues to do so. Finish off with you, Knuckle, um, after uh, day one of this uh, first test match. We talked about the weather and the chances that uh, this game might be curtailed to various lengths, but it could be curtailed quite seriously if the weather forecast is to be believed and the rain does come, whether men do get it wrong. And as Dizzy Gillespie used to say to me in his Yorkshire days, you can't do anything about the weather, mate. And that's not really a very good Australian accent, but um, basically you can control what's in front of you. But th- in, in terms of that, if this is a curtailed game, India still have the ability here to really put England on the back foot and to make a statement, don't they, in these in whatever time is possible? Yeah, of course. Um, even if it does end up being a, a rain-affected draw with India very much on top, that is, um, you know, they've sown some seeds of psychological doubt in, in England's batting, even more so than there was already already the case. And I think the 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 uncertainty of uh, and lack of faith in their own game is as much the the thing that's going on as much as anything technical that you want to talk about. I'm looking at a rain radar for tomorrow and Trent Bridge might get lucky. It might just skirt round. Friday doesn't look good, but who knows? The forecast has got a little bit better in the last few days, but India with the bat have to put themselves in as good a position as they can to take advantage of whatever cricket is left. I think the, once you get, you know, today's slow scoring rates was, you know, you had what half an hour or whatever it was at the end of the day, or maybe a little bit more to bat. No, no, it's closer to an hour, but you you don't have that much time to bat tonight. I think Robinson bowled really well actually in that in, in that little spell and broad as well. So Rohit and Rahul are batting almost exaggeratedly cautiously. That won't happen tomorrow um, if they you know once you get through the once you get yourself settled a bit. Um, they're looking for quick singles. There will be boundary opportunities. They they won't score that slowly if they stay at the crease for any length of time. And then once you once you start establishing yourself, the role of attacking players like Punt and like Jadeja could be really important in being able to score runs quicker than any of England's players can manage except maybe Butler uh, at his, and Bairstow at their absolute best. But that that ability to get those runs quickly and take uh, and make time more your friend than it is your enemy um, could be could be very, very important uh, for, for India. I do think also that has played a factor in the, the fact that the fact that they've not only played the one spinner, the fact that they've given themselves the extra uh, b- uh, seam bowling option and the extra batting options. I think that might uh, the weather forecast might have played a factor in it because this the forecast is so bad for Friday that you can trust that some time will be lost in this game. At some point, India could not have done any more than they have done uh, so far today. Have set themselves up very well for whatever cricket we do get from here on till Sunday. One final point from you, Raj. Um, a lot was talked about pitches um, we talked a lot about it in the in, in the Indian leg of this uh, double header but um, the fact that you know I think a lot of English fans thought well let's just roll out a load of green seamers we're going to be fine because Jimmy Anderson will bowl out India and they're going to be rubbish on it but what we saw today was that you give India the conditions um, that are conducive to seam bowling and swing bowling they can do just as much damage 
Definitely, you know, with the kind of pace attack that India has had since the last few years, especially under the leadership of Kohli, uh, you know, India look a different side when they tour overseas. Whenever you give them a green top, you know, they'll bundle the opposition out. But, uh, you know, we, we've been used to this strength about India since the last few years now. And as a fan, you know, you would expect that India would pick 20 wickets. But right now, the biggest challenge which lies ahead with them is to tackle Broad and Anderson tomorrow, which, uh, you know, the conditions are exactly the same for Indian batsmen as well. So England would be on top and trying to get crucial early wickets. So important is how they score runs and tackle the situation and get a lead tomorrow. But with the bowling performances, I think it was expected that India would, uh, you know, run through this England side as quickly as possible. Even you would not expect 183, but uh, I think they were bang on today. Very quickly then from each of you, your series predictions now after having seen day one of this test series. Raj, let's start with you. I think I would say 3-2 to England. So you think a result in this uh, this first test regardless of the weather. Naman? 3-1 India. 3-1 India from you. Knuckle? I'd said 3-2 India before the start of the series. I can't really imagine what would make me change my mind after one day of a series. Uh, and this wasn't it. So I'm sticking with my pre-series prediction. Well, I'm still going with 3-2 to England, but I'm a lot less confident with that prediction after seeing day one of the, well, potentially 25 days. So 24 days can change and England can be a lot better and need to be a lot better on the 24 days potentially that remain in this series. Raj, Nakul and Naman, great to have you back on these podcasts as we go through what I think is going to be a terrific series um, over the next uh, few weeks into mid-September. We'll see you all again very, very soon indeed. And thanks for listening out there, everybody. Hopefully you are enjoying the cricket and hopefully the rain will stay away so we can enjoy this first test match. We'll be back again tomorrow. I've been James the Cricket Badger and I will see you then. Thanks for listening. Join us after every day of this England versus India test series. We will see you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.